Hi everybody, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode 59 of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. We are alive post-Jonas. It's actually 59 degrees today. Yeah, it's, it's a warm day outside. Most of the snow's melting. It's, it's nice. It's very nice. I am excited. I, I heard that there was more snow coming. You know, I heard that too, but then I've also heard that most of this week is supposed to be warm, so who knows yeah. anymore. I think I read somewhere that on Wednesday is going to be 59 degrees. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We're in February. February yeah. is the coldest month out of the year, at least in New York it usually is. Like, for most of the winter, I mean, granted, there's going to be days where it's cold, right? But you don't know cold in New York until you hit February cold. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you won't get that this year. Global warming does not exist. Uh, just like the Earth is flat. Don't make me smack you, Sandy. The Earth is flat. B.O.B. told me this week. Ah, yes. Uh, so what, what, what do you, what do you think of this, this whole B.O.B. situation? Because it, to me, I haven't heard of B.O.B. Like, I haven't heard B.O.B., uh, you know, in the, in the news, his music or anything in the last, like, two, maybe three years. It's been a long time since I've heard, any, heard anything from B.O.B. Supposedly, he's come out with two albums. Oh, yeah? Um, I also made that number up, but <laughs> I know it's at least one album that he's come out with now i don't know if he is trying to promote something i do know that his last mixtape was very heavy on conspiracy theories i see he sort of unironically says in a line jet fuel can't melt steel beams Mm. Um, i see now, where what is the origin of that particular saying? Like, I know what it's referring to, the whole 9-11 inside job thing, right? Right. Do you know what the source is of that whole, of that saying, the whole thing? Um, interestingly enough, I actually did a report on the whole conspiracy theory back when we were in high school for like, I think it was my last essay for, uh, I guess it was junior year, maybe senior, for, yeah, junior year for Mr. Ahart, and, um, the conspiracy theory, like, I, as far as I know, there was this, there was this YouTube channel. I don't remember the name of the channel. It was maybe like Two Cents something or whatever the situation. Yes. Whatever the, okay. Something so like that. Yeah. They had like a 60 minute long documentary where they were basically putting out all these crazy ideas of, as to how it was an inside job or, or maybe not. It wasn't, they weren't saying it was specifically an inside job. There was no evidence per se to say that this is an inside job. What they were trying to say is, um, there was lots of evidence that there were really uh, many fishy things about the entire attack and how it was unlikely to have been done by terrorists and the planes. So they were trying to say how it wasn't a plane that hit the Pentagon, for example. Um, and then they tried to say that the planes were not what caused the uh, the towers to fall. It was, in fact, like C4 or, or uh, I think it was thermite bombs that were placed on the support beams in the basement of the towers to uh, make it collapse the way it did. Oh, because hypothetically, these people are saying that the way that the buildings fell was like too, it felt controlled. It looked like, yeah, it looked like a demolition, basically. Um, you know, the way it kind of just comes straight down. Um, 
And the idea is that, yeah, like, the, so when the jet fuel burns at a certain temperature and the support beams would melt at that temperature, it needs to be higher. But that doesn't mean that the support beams wouldn't be weakened at that temperature, right. you know? There was actually a, a, a um, some smith who did a video uh, a couple of weeks ago. I saw it on Reddit, and he basically had this uh, this really strong like iron beam, and he was explaining, you know, this is um, you know he he heated it up, and he was saying that you know it's only like twenty percent of what it would need to be to be melted, but he can literally uh, bend it with his pinky. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess in addition to all that, right, do we factor in the fact that it was a plane that hit the building? Like, what's the right. the blunt force trauma effect on, like, uh, your support beams if a plane hits it? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, really, I really don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one to believe that, you know, the simplest solution is, is the, 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 the true solution. Uh, That's Hawkins a racing, part right? Of you. Uh, yeah. you know, um, yeah, you're right though. But BOB did have two albums since, cause, so all I remember is BOB presents the adventures of Bobby Ray and then Strange Clouds. First of all, great album. <laughs> okay. Shout out to BOB for putting on some good, good music. Yeah. I remember one of my favorite songs on one of those albums. I forget which one it is. It was but... Strange Clouds. I know which one you're talking about. Which one? Oh, well, I don't know the name of the song, but keep going. The uh, one gonna, where I'm it's like it uh, half of it he sings from his point of view as uh, Bobby. Yeah. And then the other one from Ray. There's like the piano part to it, right? Yep. It's uh, Where Are You? Uh, where B-O-B Are You? Versus Bobby Ray. Yeah. It's the last track of Strange Clouds. And he did like a live uh, playing. Um, I don't remember what the site was, but I, the reason I remember is because you linked that to me shortly after the CD came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So great, great album. Yeah. Um. I don't know why he decided to come out this week and say that the Earth is flat. Right. I'm very strange. To, very, very strange. It has to be some sort of publicity, but this is a terrible way to go about that. That's exactly how I feel, right? I mean, it is nice for him that his he's he's in the news everywhere. Right. Everyone's talking. Like, if everyone's on. Like, if your name's on everyone's tongue, I guess that's a good thing. But it's, like, public ridicule right now, no? Yeah. That's like, exactly how I feel. It's, yeah. it, it seems it seems like they say there's no such thing as bad press, but I feel like when you're trying to promote yourself, promote your album, which is, uh, by extension, a promotion of your own ideas, then why would anybody want to buy your music and listen to it? But then again, maybe he's trying to target a different audience because – Apparently, believe it or not, there are many people that believe that the Earth is flat. That it's some crazy conspiracy theory to promote, uh, to to basically, um, you know, because basically it's like you know we land on the moon, but in reality, the you know it's it's conspiracy theory put on by NASA and the government in general. Just like it's it's a lot of nonsense to me. To me, something like the faking the moon landing is just such an expensive lie. Right. How many people have to keep their mouth shut forever? Exactly. Wouldn't it be cheaper to just go to the moon? I and and in my opinion, you can't keep that many people's mouths shut. No, because like if somebody you have that many people working on it. If you have exactly. that many people working on different aspects of it, there's no way that you can shut them all up because there are plenty of people that worked 
on this supposed moon landing. So if you had like, you know, 10,000 people or however many thousand people working to get people to the moon, right? They all think they're doing it. And it turns out that all, you know, in reality, they're just people in a studio somewhere doing it, you know, like there, there's just a lot of people that would know about something, right? Yeah. Um, but so then you had uh, so Bob comes out and says it's, it was on Twitter, right? He's, he goes on a Twitter rant and keeps trying to put out all these uh, proofs as to how you know why the Earth is flat. Talking about like the horizon, saying he posted a picture of some city in New Jersey, and you can see the the New York City skyline from like forty miles away. And he was like, if the Earth was curved, it would be like a hundred some feet because it's like if the Earth was curved. Um, the the uh, the ground level of New York City should be like a hundred some feet lower, but you can still see the skyline. And then you have Neil deGrasse Tyson, the uh, the famous astrophysicist. He he um, hosts the show um, Into the Cosmos, I think it's what it's called, or Across yeah, the Cosmos. Cosmos. Like that. Okay, so he um he 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 tweets to Bob and is like, yes, that is true, but it's like it's like a hundred and forty some feet, and it turns out that a lot of the buildings in New York City are a lot taller than that. Right. And like he just comes in and refutes all these claims that BOB makes, right? And, um, science. And, yeah. Yeah. Comes in, you know, and, uh, like the very next day, BOB puts out a diss track towards Neil deGrasse Tyson. First of all, just so we're clear, that diss track was pretty good. <laughs> it sounded pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get for being a music producer. It was pretty good. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson's like nephew puts out a diss track, or maybe a less, less of a diss track and more of a, a science informative track towards BOB to the beat of back to back. It was called Flat is Back. And you know what? Not as good. Not as good, but to me, to me, I thought, I, I, to me, in my opinion, I thought it was better. I, I know it's not as good from a rap standpoint, but I don't know, to be able to put all those, you know, the scientific ideas, in less than a day, and you know he's not a professional rapper. I, th- I still, I, I enjoy, I enjoy that track a lot more than Bob's overall. I'm pretty sure that even, especially after whatever that flat is back came out, that man will not have a rap career. Yeah, he's it's not the a, same he, thing. I mean, it's the same way I felt about Jay Z. You know how I feel about Jay Z. Uh, Jay Z, great rapper, great music. I just don't like the way he sounds, and I just can't get over it. I can't get over it. I, I'm a fan of Jay Z's old stuff. Not as big a fan of his new stuff. That's me, though. Yeah. No, well, I mean, you're, that's like most people, though. Yeah. Because yeah. Jay Z, OG Jay Z, was more of the every man doing whatever it takes to get to the top, mm-hmm. and that's infinitely and universally relatable because there's just more people at the bottom. Yeah. But now that he's at the top, like even like Watch the Throne, right? Watch the throne with Kanye. It was just two guys at the top of their game, just rapping about how good life is. Yeah. And you can only listen to an album like that when you're getting ready to go out, or you're driving with friends and you're having a good time. But you can't listen to that album every day. You know, there's yeah. no inspiration there. So it's like, oh, these are just two rich dudes at the top of their game, just chilling, having a good time. Right. But that's not every day. Yeah, I, I I love to go back to Biggie because he had that interview. Um, part of the interview is on the, uh, the the music video from Mo Money Mo Problems, and he was talking about. Um, I think there was a delay between the between when I can't remember how many years it was, maybe two three years between when uh, Ready to Die came out and Life After Death, 
And he was basically talking about how when he did Ready to Die, you know, that was his life. He was poor. He was coming up. He was hustling. He was selling drugs to make money. And then when it came to life after death, he had to like, you know, revamp his style immediately because he wasn't broke anymore. He, you know, he, he had money and he wasn't coming up from that. And he felt like people wouldn't respect him if he was going to sit there and talk about being broke because he wasn't broke anymore. And credit right. to Jay-Z for being able to change his style over the last like 20 some years that he's been relevant. Like he's still incredibly popular. He'll still sell a million, a million albums though. Maybe it was because Samsung gave away a million of them for free, but still he, he, uh, Oh, you know, he got paid. Yeah, he definitely oh, got paid. I mean, he was, he it, the, the album was literally platinum when it came out because Samsung bought but, a million and, and yeah. then gave them away on their app. Yeah. Um, but like he's, he's been able to stay relevant for a really long time, which is very difficult to do. And oh, any, sure. I, I think in, in many, many fields, in any field, uh, and of entertainment, at least, you know, TV, movies. Oh, music, yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, uh, taste changed so much. Yeah. And, and especially with rap too. Cause yeah, rap has been evolving like crazy, but people tend to not stay relevant for very long. They, you know, you have your one hit wonders. You have people that make a few good CDs like B.O.B. You always, you have two good CDs. And then all of a sudden it turns out that B.O.B.'s had two albums since, since those first two. And I never even heard of them. His second, his third one. Well, he's probably Unger. because he's been doing a lot of in the field research trying to figure <laughs> out why the earth is flat. His, his third album is called Underground Luxury. According to Wikipedia, it sold $75,000 in the United States. Um, Ooh, that's not good. I don't have any information on his fourth album, which was released uh, in August 2015. Um, I mean, the style of rap has changed yeah. even in the past few years. Just look at how well Drake has done. Yeah. Drake is bringing back Dance Hall, right? With what Hotline Bling is and how that sounds. And uh, what are the other two songs? But I was reading that dance hall music is coming back after rap didn't like shy away from it, but just moved away from that style of production for a mm -hmm. few years. And now dance hall's back, and you can get like these fun up, you know, uh, upbeats that people can enjoy. It's just it's so cyclical, and it's like when we play duty, you just got to ride the wave properly. If you don't ride the wave properly, it you'll just get crushed, and Drake so far has been able to ride the wave. Yeah. B.O.B., not so much. And so he's making a splash about the fact that the world is flat. I was reading something about how this girl, similar to what you said, how a lot of people still believe that the world is flat, which may or may not just be the commentary on our education system. But uh, she goes, you're telling me that gravity can hold all this water on the planet and can't crush a tiny bug? Shake my head. And I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to sort of digest there, but it's just I wonder how these things get going, and I wonder what I think is something normal, but other people be like, "Uh, dude, don't stop being a conspiracy theorist," you know? Because it's only normal because we all somewhat agree with the with the mainstream thought on it. But what if I said something absolutely crazy that scared the shit out of you and then that was sort of the end of our relationship, right? Yeah. Because I feel like we're all just sort of one bad thought away from just like ostracizing yourself. So I guess in that sense, you got to give the man credit because he's not afraid to just come out and say something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree with that. I hear you on that one. Um... Like he doesn't have to apologize for this, right? So at least in that sense, it's okay. He's not out there yelling some racial or 
sexual thing against some other group, so that's always good. Yeah. You're just I telling do. me that you think the world is flat. I get a good laugh, and we move on with our day. Right. What, what's funny, though, is that when it comes to that, like if it's like you know a, a racial issue or a sexist issue, if he said something offensive to somebody, I feel like you can come back from that. I mean, look at look at Chris Brown, for example. I mean, maybe 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 Bob can come from, come back from this, but yeah, then he's not as big as Chris Brown, so you know it's it'd right. be a little more difficult for him. I mean, but, if you can dance like Chris Brown can, you can just tap dance your way out of anything. Yeah, but you can't dance like Chris Brown, and that's why Chris Brown is afforded that luxury. Yeah. God, he can dance so good. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Brown, you can dance so good. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. Calm down, man. I'm Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like there, there's something. I, it, all right. So I guess there's a couple things. Um, when Chris Brown, when Chris Brown, you know, did his whole thing with Rihanna, um, you mean beat the shit out of her? Yes. Okay. Yes. When, when, just when, did that he, thing with he her that one the, time? He laid the smackdown on Rihanna. When um, they went out for ice cream and it all <laughs> and it never was the same. <laughs> Social media wasn't as big then. I mean, like you had Facebook and MySpace, but I don't think Twitter was very big at that point yet. That was what, like 2009, 2010? Was it even that late? Wasn't it, were, we, were we still in high school? Look this up. All right, I will. Um, Chris Brown versus Rihanna. That's what I'm going to Google. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. TKO. Uh, it was, um, it, it looks like it was, it was in 2009, I think. Wow. Uh, I should have, I should have just Wikipedia this. I should have just Wikipedia Chris yeah, Brown. You should have. Uh, yes, it was February 8th, 2009. So at that point, um, a million years ago, wow. I don't think Twitter was, was as big yet social media wasn't as big twitter certainly wasn't being integrated into like the into like uh television news as much that's not to say people didn't talk about it because people really did talk about it a lot but i just feel like you can get roasted to death nowadays when it went with like social media and i feel like that kind of that's kind of happening with um with bob the amount of people that are talking that are talking about it um, the amount of stories that are being written about it. I don't know if it's like been on CNN or any type of mainstream news, but I don't feel like that's really necessary. I feel like his main fan base are younger people of our generation, you know, say like 16 to, you know, 28, 29, 30 year olds. Yeah. And, and the majority of them are active on Twitter and social media or Reddit or whatever it is. Yeah. So everybody hears about this. And I feel like a lot of those people, I mean, the overwhelming, noise that's coming it that's coming out is that bob is a freaking moron right like, i'm this doesn't make me this doesn't inspire me to want to listen to bob and his music anymore like not I to say lie. i was inspired by it at all i won't lie i did put on his album a little bit on friday I can, but i see that's the thing that was gonna say that i feel like it could inspire you to maybe say oh hey shit look bob is two albums that i didn't even know existed let me yeah. just listen to those and see if they're any good the funny thing is after looking at the album cover for his third cd I've realized that I've actually had a couple of his songs show up on on uh, Pandora, and I never really noticed it. I, I I'd seen the cover, but I didn't notice that it was something that I hadn't like. I knew I hadn't seen it before, but I never bothered to look it up to see that that's an actual studio album, not like a mixtape or something, or a single, whatever it is. Um, did I fall for the so did I fall for the uh, the Earth is flat ruse to <laughs> just stream more of his album? 
I don't know. I mean, it could be just be a short term thing, right? Like you, you like say a month from now, I don't think you're going to be trying to put on BOBCD anytime soon. I mean, that song is really good, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. I wonder how much of the future he just mortgaged with this statement. Yeah. Cause I mean, no one, uh, d- does anybody know how to really calculate like fame and, and like, I mean, you have your PR specialist to, to really, um, assess how something like this can really affect your future. Like, is this good for the short term? Is it just terrible all around? Um, is there any good out of this at all? I wonder. Yeah. What happened to his team on this? Yeah. Like you would think that no star out there is able to do anything nowadays without the whole brand coming together and be like, I don't know about that. <laughs> let me tell you like, this. Andy. Did they just let him go? Did they, did they let him down? <laughs> if I was like, if I was an agent or a manager or like a PR person, I would take the Twitter keys from all my clients and be like, look, all right, you can, you can, I want you to send me or my, I want you to send the team your tweet and then we'll decide whether or not that's smart for you to put it out or not. Because I feel like you need a second set or a third set of eyes to look at all these things, not just your boys or, you know, your family to sit there and say, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a good look right there. You should definitely put that yeah, out there. Yeah, fam, send it. Yeah, it's like, send first it. of all, we ain't family. Stop saying that. That's really, it's like, Steven, stop using fam. All right. <laughs> you, you and I don't look alike. Stop referring to me as fam. That's getting really annoying and kind of creepy. Sorry, I just that, I just see that all the time on on uh, on Reddit. I got you, fam. I love I that. Got I you, fam. I just thought it's, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. I say it to my family. That's about <laughs> it. Well, yeah, but you can also say it to people that you're either really close with or what mm-hmm. have you. But when people just start like using it really liberally, like I got you, fam. It's like, uh, sit down. Let me tell you something. <laughs> oh man, um, you would you would take so, your Twitter keys away from everybody? <laughs> yeah, I would take the Twitter keys, dude. Because I mean, how many times have you seen like athletes and other celebrities just make very poor decisions when it comes to social media? Then you got to come out, you got to apologize, or you got to come back and you got to be like, all right, look, you know what? Like, you got to sit there and backtrack, or like sit there and dig your way out of the situation, which ends up digging yourself deeper. Yeah, I mean, all really, I know is I love it when. Trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. Twitter fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so related to that is, is Fine Brothers Entertainment. And yes, I will, I will break this down very quickly for people that don't know what's going on with this. Cause I have no idea what you're referring to. All right. So, um, just a few days ago, five, five days ago, um, Fine Brothers Entertainment, they're a YouTube channel. I had never heard of them until this moment, f- until five days ago. They have 14 million subscribers. So they're very big on YouTube. Oh and my God. So many people. They put out a video um, called React Around the World and then in parentheses, special announcement. And what the point of the video was, uh, it, it basically, uh, there are these two guys that, that run this channel, that started the channel, and um, they they put out reaction videos, like, all the time. I guess it's a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So four times a week, they put out reaction videos. And what a reaction video is, uh, basically, you sit down in front of the computer and you'll watch a video that you've never seen before, whether it's a movie trailer or if it's a disgusting video or it's uh, like a video game or anything, right? And th- what they did is instead of just having them two sit down and react to videos, they put other people down and, and they sat them down. So they would sit like elderly people down and make them watch these videos and they would oh, record Oh, this their is reactions. like uh, like old people watch Grand Theft Auto, exactly. young people watch stuff on the Nintendo. Like, exactly. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, okay. so they would sit kids down. They have a different formats. I, I, I don't exactly know what they are. I know they have kids react to, they have uh, elderly react to, and I think they have another one. And so um, that's the that's the the gist of their videos. They basically take other famous YouTube videos or other videos that are uploaded onto YouTube or whatever other sites, and they record people's reactions to them. And people eat this up clearly because they have 14 million subscribers. And so um, what th- what they did is say. Well, what we're going to do is trademark our, in quote, format of reaction videos. So um, basically anybody around the world can basically apply and get a license to upload a video using their format. So that way, um, and they were very, they were not very clear on this. So people were really confused and very upset, understandably so though, because essentially what the way they had phrased everything, it seemed like they were trying to trademark reaction videos as a genre, which existed long before uh, Fine Brothers Entertainment existed as a YouTube channel. Reaction videos existed They just got the most popular people. off of it. Yeah, they just got super popular off of it. I mean, I remember back in the day, um, like you remember when we first started college, um, there were like these really gross videos, like Two Girls, One Cup, all sorts of other crazy things. You know, I still haven't seen that video. Good. Do yourself a favor and, and never watch it. I kind of, I always <laughs> had this morbid. No, no, fa- no, no, no. I just feel like no, I'm out no. of the club. Stay out of the club, Sandy. Stay out. All right. You're I'm being exclusionary. This, I'm, I'm doing this for your own good. All right. <laughs> oh, so they have like reaction videos of that. I remember like there was a Kermit the Frog reaction video where he's like watching and he's all grossed out. And then as it keeps going, he like grabs a, a, a bottle of lotion and like moves it towards him. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I want to see that one. Um, and like all the, you know, uh, the Fine Brothers Entertainment, I think only came into existence like three or four years ago. Um, so reaction videos have definitely existed long before these people. And the way, what, what it sounds like with React around the world sounds like they're saying, okay, well, look, if you create a reaction video and you do not apply for a license with us, then we're going to take your video down. We're going to file a copyright claim and you're going to get a strike on your YouTube channel. And there are plenty of other reaction video, uh, channels on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So it hot, like it's concerning. And since this was uploaded, people, you know, people have been hating on this left and right. I see it the most on Reddit. I'm, I'm sure it's been talked about on Twitter. My um, question is, have they experienced a material drop in subscribers? So I was actually trying to open that up before and I ended up forgetting about it. But from what I'd seen, they had lost several thousand, maybe over 10,000 subscribers. Now that's only kind of a drop in the bucket to their 14 million that they have right now. Right. Um, like, let's see, if I refresh their page, they had 14 million, nine, No, no, it's about the same since I had uploaded or refreshed earlier. Um, so my question is, are the people who are like really just angry about this, the same people who watch their videos or are, is it like mainstream people watching their videos? And honestly, this is just some YouTube drama that they're never going to care or even hear about that's a good question it's hard to say i mean i've seen people say um i've seen people comment on on reddit saying that they've lost subscribers so they or they've unsubscribed um but i mean like i said i've never i had never heard of them before and i know other people have never heard of them Um, right i mean as long as they're getting views and these things are getting shared and whatnot does it matter if they're getting all of this hate? And I wonder why they felt like, cause they must've felt like it was a good business decision to do that. Yeah. 
because then they can corner the market in a sense. I think it's tough for them to think or to win this because it's just a way uh, – it's like a type of video. It's like, a, it's like trying to make a compilation video and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I think I'm comparing it to when people make montages or compilations of things. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, these things have been made since the beginning. You can't just come in here and because you're the new kid on the block, just like, oh, from here on out, anyone who makes any kind of reaction video in this case or a montage in another case is now stealing my idea. It's like, well, see, we've been around longer than you have. Yeah. And it's just like the open space that we all get to play in. It's sort of the downsides, not the downsides, but it, this is sort of one of the trade-offs with open source, right? Like, it's all available. You can do whatever you want. But the idea is that it's open to everybody, not just allowing a single person or a single channel in this situation to profit off of it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, so I do have the number now. They've lost 35 million or 30, 35,000 subscribers in the last week. That's a material drop. Yeah. But you said 14 million? Uh, yeah, they have 14 million subscribers. And they have a company. So they're Fine Brothers Entertainment. They, they have a company with employees. Um, so, you know, they're not putting out these videos by themselves. They're not handling a lot of these licensing stuff by themselves. There's, there are other people behind it. So, yeah, I mean, from, from what it sounds like to many people, because there's this licensing thing, I don't know the details on like, do, do does Fine Brothers take a cut? Like, if I decide I want to make a kid's react to video, um, do I have to give them some of the profits that I make from a video? If, you know, if it goes viral and gets like, you know, 50 million views. I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's what it seems like. That's that's what people seem to be upset about, and I think people are really upset just because it's almost it's almost like patent, patent trolling. At, that, at least it, it, it's it's bordering on that for sure. Yeah, to take a I mean, because you know they're part of it, so it's not like it's not like they're just jumping into the field and sitting there and say, hey, you know, we're gonna put a patent, we're gonna put a trademark on gaming videos, and everybody has to pay us if they want to put out a gaming video. You know, they they exist heavily as a reaction channel. Um, but like we discussed at the beginning, reaction videos have existed before them and videos. So apparently now people have come out and said that some of their past videos, some videos now in this last week have been taken down because, uh, based off of copyright claims by fine brothers for having like, you know, elderlies react to X. Apparently one video that existed before the Fine Brothers even got into that part of, um, into that type of, um, I don't know, category where elders react to something. There was a video, I think it was elders react to like a Starcraft tournament. That video was taken down and it was uploaded like in 2010 or something. So it's very, very. Maybe they, maybe they do have a leg to stand on because they're offering within the, React, let's react or let's watch or whatever we call it, just a reaction video con, uh, uh, genre is so specialized. Like they're doing it like old people react, young people react. Meanwhile, before it was just sort of like the global people react to. I wonder if that makes a difference at all. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what they were trying to be specific about. They put out like an I'm sorry video, like ex- trying to explain what's really going on. It was called, I think, just update. And they were trying to break down exactly what it was. And that's kind of what they were saying. Like, they're not trying to take control over the genre at all. They just have a very specific format for their videos. And they're, what they're saying is if others want to use the same format that they have. And, you know, again, I haven't seen the reaction video, so I can't tell you what that format is, but. Um, if other people want to use that same format, then they're more than welcome to, um, because, you know, it, it could be higher production. Like, you know, they've done the research into the, into the format that's, that, that gets the most views, that keeps the, the, you know, the most attention of their viewers. Oh, sure. Oh, they sure. know exactly how long videos need to be and like, you know, when to cut away, when to do this or that. And so you can get those tools, that advice from them. Um, and like you said, it's a very specialized thing. So there can't be, you know, they're not. They're not a ton of reaction channels that, that we were, that are going to be looking to get these licenses. So I imagine that you can get a lot of that one-on-one help, that direct feedback from that, from this organization. Um, the only thing that's questionable about it is how, like, by, t- by giving them this little bit of power, are they willing to go overboard and put out these copyright claims and take down videos? Because I don't know if you've been seeing this, but on Reddit over the last few weeks, people have had real big gripes with YouTube. Um, if you have YouTube, at, if you do YouTube as your only source of income and you get hit by a copyright claim, it can completely annihilate your channel. Oh yeah. If you have like copyrighted music or if you are, if you bat, so like if I put out a video, if I'm reviewing movies or I'm reviewing a video game, I see it for video games. If somebody reviews a video game and they completely destroy it because the game's terrible, the company that makes the game will put out a copyright claim against you. And YouTube more or less has an automated system that will just pull that down. They'll pull your video and they'll give you what's called a strike. You get three strikes and your channel gets deleted. So, you, and, and when you get a strike, you also have certain limitations. So you might not be able to upload videos as long as you usually update, uh, upload. You might not be able to upload as frequently as you would like to upload. Um, so it, it really hurts if, if that's what you do. YouTube's your thing. And I think what people are afraid of is by, t- you know, by, by such a license even existing by, by getting this trademark, um, other people would probably be worried to put out videos, you know, because they'll wonder, are they going to come after me? Like if I make a video, it's a format that's similar to theirs. Are they going to sit there and pull my video? Because I don't want to be a part of the license. I'm not interested in theirs. It's just so happens I made a video that's, you know, say Sandy reacts to something like, is that, is that, is that crossing the line? You know, that's interesting because it's like you can't – I was listening to this uh, – this Amer- uh, can I say it without getting a strike? Sorry. <laughs> um, I was listening to Planet Money and they were talking about patents and this guy was patenting a new kind of steak and mm. he was trying to figure out all the different cuts of the animal and he had a couple – like he actually had a couple of patents um, and, he's, and I learned that it's not about like – me and you coming out and trying to patent a hamburger, right? It, we're patenting the development process. The process, yeah. So maybe you and I decided that, you know what, from here on out, we're cutting orange slices. We're going to throw into the middle of a, of a hamburger patty and then put it in a pita and be like, well, that's it. <laughs> you know, like, like that's the new burger that everyone's going to be eating from here on out. Yeah. That is something I think that we could potentially patent because – that protects your intellectual property. 
Right. We're not put, we're, what we're not doing is saying we own oranges, pitas, and hamburgers. Right. Or sandwiches. What we own is this particular. It's a very specific sandwich. Specific produced thing. Yeah. So maybe that's what the Fine Brothers are trying to do. And yeah. if they're a business and they have, what, 14 million people, maybe they have a right to do that. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think that they do have, they have rights to do whatever. Um, I still think that it can be questionable. Um, the reason, the reason being, um, because of, so it's maybe not necessarily Fine Brothers. That's the issue. Maybe the real issue is YouTube. And like I was saying earlier, the copyright notices that can go out and just have, you can literally have videos removed with no notice. You just, all of a sudden your video is pulled offline and you're just sent an, you're sent an email saying, Hey, your video has been taken down for this reason. And it's just an automated message that you get. And it's very, very difficult to, for even established YouTubers to get in contact with YouTube and, and, um, and, and file a claim, say a, a counterclaim and say, Hey, you know, my video is completely original content. It shouldn't be down. And the issue is when you have smaller channels, people that have like a thousand viewers or a thousand subscribers, when you get, when you get a copyright notice, notice that was filed by a channel with 14 million subscribers, you feel like there's little that you can do. It's almost like being sued by a massive company. Like you, you, you don't have the same resources that they have access to. And I think that that's maybe what people's real concern is that if Fine Brothers decides to, um, go overboard and start filing claims left and right. Um, maybe not all the time, but if they do it a significant amount that, that makes it so that other channels can't, can no longer exist in that field because fine brothers is so large. Maybe that's, maybe that's what people are upset about because YouTube doesn't really offer tools for those people to go about, you know, circumventing these types of issues. Yeah. But I think I do agree with you. I mean, yeah, they have they have every right. Like, it's if if that is if their if their content is original enough that they that they're they they can legally be granted a trademark, and they would like to be able to share that because if they've I'm sure they've seen other people rip off their their style. So, um, if if they want to be able to go after those people, then you know, my opinion, more more right to them, right? Exactly. It's it's definitely a PR thing, and it's tough because the space technology as a whole and all this stuff is still so young, and we've grown up in a time where all of this has been so integral into how we've developed that we feel like we can react – I mean, no pun intended, but we can react to things within technology much differently than something else, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's all part of the growing pains of – how technology can be treated by normal everyday people, not the Googles of the world. Yeah. Right? Who are actually not, well, just, it's just different because they're a multi-billion dollar company. And then you and I can also be the next founders of the next billion dollar startup. It's just protecting yourself and also just deciding what side of the argument you're on. I totally get it. If we were small YouTubers, and we somehow were still doing like let's react videos, like like black people react to this or Asian people react to that. We might get dinged yeah. by these people, and that would really suck. But that's also part of the whole like how free and equal should the internet be compared to other types of businesses? Sort of like if you and I, like if if we were to extrapolate the let's react videos to some sort of 
product, like a real like you know consumer facing product that had brick and mortar stores. And then you and I came up with something that was just a little bit different. It's like, are we? Is it copyright infringement? And if we were the first ones there, would you not want that kind of protection afforded to yourself to protect your business? Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get people's uh, reactions because for some like small fledgling YouTubers, this is their life. This is how they make money. And it's really tough when, because the, the easiest thing you'll say is, well, that's not fair. They have 14 million subscribers. They're making money. I only have 50,000 subscribers. Why are you dinging me? What are, like, who, what's not to say that my subscribers aren't watching your content as well? It's like, is that the point or is it the principle of the matter? I'm just interested to find out how we discuss or how do we designate what is IP in sort of this uh, this new open source world. There's always going to be a first mover advantage in my mind. Like if you and I decided, you know what, five years ago, let's move in together. Let's spend all the money we don't have on really nice broadcasting equipment because you and I thought, you know what, this YouTube thing could be a big deal. You and I, we got some stuff we can talk about. We're personable. We can maybe make a video. And then next thing you know, you and I are the fine brothers. So we're in their position now. We have 14 million people. We got a company. And now we're looking at it as like, okay, we've got some pretty good monthly revenue streams. But then look at all the of these other YouTubers out there that are not so much making as much money as we are, but tangible enough of a percent, right? Like maybe let's just say they have 8% of our revenue. It's like, well, that 8% could just be coming to us because every time they're watching someone else's video, they're not watching my video. And there's only so many, there's only so many videos in a day you can watch. So what was not to say that we should try and protect the way we develop this type of video? I don't know. I I'm hear you. i to see how the story uh, I mean, moves out. It, if, um, if like say those eight percent, like if they were, if they had just straight up ripped off of us, then yeah, I'd probably have a problem with it. But otherwise, so yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's really iffy. Like with IP, um, so in, uh, intellectual property for uh, IP, um, if it's very tricky to deal with because I feel like when with IP, some of these like you know copyrights or patents that you can get can more or less make you a monopoly because nobody else can make anything like you at that point. And I'm a fan of competition. So, you know, if I'm making reaction videos and somebody else starts making reaction videos, but their videos are just better than mine, well, I better step my game up. You know? Right. Like. So then that means when you say step your game up, do you mean differentiate? diversify or what do you mean by step your game up i mean anything if you like it, it's easier to think th i think it's easier to make the parallel to like you know physical tangible things like you know so if you're looking at like operating systems you have like windows and osx and mac right it um you know there was there were the apple computers back in the day and they had like you know user interfaces um and windows comes along and they just make it better they start to package their software with uh, with computer makers like you know Gateway and Dell and HP and whatever. Oh, I remember those days. Where yeah, I had a Gateway computer. It's the uh, the Cal print one. Right? Yeah, the Cal print one exactly. Yeah. Do we know why they went that way? Like no once? idea, okay. no idea at all. I remember the commercials, but I haven't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I guess they don't exist. They may have been bought out by someone at some point. Um, but like, you know, the, 
if I'm making something or like, well, even like telephones, right? Like if I'm making a telephone and then all of a sudden somebody else comes along, you have your Apple come in and just drop a bomb on everybody else. You have, uh, you, you know, you had like the Motorola, you had Nokia, um, Samsung making like these flip phones and like, at, you know, primitive touchscreen phones, which were literally pressure sensitive. And then all of a sudden Apple comes in and they had the capacitive touchscreen, which work very, very well at differentiating, differentiating different fingers to the point that you could have 10 individual fingers on the screen and the phone knows the difference between all of them. Old phones couldn't do that very well. Um, like Apple had every right to come in and and make a new phone it, it's still a it's still a phone it's still a telephone it still makes calls it's still text but it just does it way better but then i also love that everybody else was able to come in and you know and they've had their you know plenty of issues with their 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 uh patents too so i uh, mean this is not the best parallel or the best example but uh other phone makers were able to come in and innovate and i feel like cell phones are so much better than they were just two years ago let alone like seven or eight years ago when the first iphone came out I guess it's longer than that, isn't it? It's like 10 yeah. years now, isn't it? 10 years, I think. Yeah. But it's, uh, I, I, I like that type of competition. I feel like competition creates, it really breeds innovation and you have people start to relax a bit when there's, when they're monopolies. So you have your ISPs, your internet service providers that are more or less, I don't want to say colluding, but they don't really infringe on, they don't really step in to others, other people's barriers. So Comcast, Comcast really, runs the east coast then you had a verizon come in so now uh, where i live in the philadelphia area you have the option of going fios or comcast and the great thing about that is that these data limits these data caps that comcast are imposing on their their customers right now so a lot of customers they're being forced to or they're being limited to using 300 gigabytes of data per month which is um it's a it's i don't i don't know i don't know what you want to call it if it's a lot or what it depends on what you do, but if you stream YouTube videos and Netflix videos, you'll go over 300 gigabytes really fast. Oh yeah. Um, if you don't do that stuff, if you just go on, you, if you just go on like YouTube, you know, a couple times a week, check Facebook, check your email, you're fine. But 300 gigabytes for like you and I, we're going to fly through that in, a, in like a week or two. Oh um, yeah. So Comcast won't do that in an area like, like my area, because I, if they did that, I would just switch to Verizon. Or oh, vice versa. I have deal. Verizon. If Verizon did, I would switch to Comcast. Um, but some people don't have that option, and I feel like that's the unfortunate thing with the monopolies. You, they they kind of they can just suck the money out of you, and and uh, if the Fine Brothers are able to get this type of copyright and they're able to just shut down other people's videos, they don't really have to do anything. Their 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 um their format will just kind of become stale. They'll have no need to really innovate and bring anything new to the table. Yeah. It's uh it's been quite the week for these two people. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 definitely in damage control. The nice thing about the internet is it kind of moves really fast, you know, something's really huge for a week or two and then it just dies down. People forget well, about it, people move on. Yeah, I mean there was a Twitter beef this week with Kanye West. Ah uh, yeah, that was a good one. Wiz Khalifa. Uh that's also nice because I think that might have been originally that might have been Kanye's extra push to promote Swish, which is now Waves, his new album coming out, mm-hmm. February 12th. So that's like in two weeks. Oh, fam, shut it down. You see what I did there? I called you fam. Because Call me fam. Yeah. Close. Um, but him and Wiz Khalifa were going back and forth, and one of the reasons 
besides uh, that connect them, besides the fact that they're both rappers, is the woman Amber Rose. Amber Rose used to be Kanye West's girlfriend, and now she is with Wiz Khalifa and has his child. They're not together anymore, though, are they? Or are they back think, together? Are they back? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, just wanted to I clarify. Know. I, I know that they were together. They had they had a kid together. I don't know if they were married at some point, but I thought they broke up, but they were still very nice with one another because I heard her on like Joe Rogan's podcast a, a while back. Some she was on Joe Rogan's podcast? I don't know if it was Joe Rogan's. I feel like it wasn't Joe Rogan's. It may have been somebody else's podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard her on a podcast at some point in time. Um, It's... It's crazy because things were being said left and right. It first come out like Wiz Khalifa calling Kanye West out for just making terrible music and then trying to own waves because the the, the verb – like waves became like a thing. It almost became like a – not a gerund because that's a noun form of an ing verb. But it became like the, the, the action became like almost some sort of uh, bigger thing, right, in hip-hop. Um the term waves and then Kanye just coming right back over the top saying, you know, I, I never even listened to your album. Your album sucks. And then Wiz is like, your album sucks. My album is better. And then Kanye goes, Oh, I'll settle for your album being better. I'll just, you know, I, I'm okay with your album being better. If I can settle for being the best rapper of all time. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, Amber Rose, Probably feeling like Wiz is on the on the ropes, right? Because yeah. Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are the are the what the first family of hip hop right now, like of culture in a sense, next to Jay Z and Beyonce. Yeah, like I mean, those they're two, they're huge. they're heavy hitters. Yeah, Illuminati. No, <laughs> they're big. Combined, they're huge. The four of them, the type yeah. of presence that they have, and then Amber Rose comes out. I gotta pull this up because it is just the most absurd tweet. It is very absurd. And speak, and while, while you're doing that, I will say that, uh, Ambrose is on the Michael Rappaport podcast. Oh, love that that podcast, dude. Michael Rappaport's hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, what I love is that when you search in Google, they, uh, they show you the last five tweets, only I think this was a little bit further before that. Yeah, it was. Um, She, she's posted. Um, quite a few tweets. I looked it up the other day. January 27th, the real Amber Rose responded oh, out of nowhere. All right, all right, get you, all right. Sh- 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 cover your kids' ears, man. You got your kids listening to this. What I'm about to say them. is not safe for work, not nah, safe for life. This is like, this is NC 17 right here. This is not even rated R. You, uh, can't, you can't give your kids parental permission to listen to this. Yeah, this is, this is a moment. So strap in. No pun intended. <laughs> got him. Amber Rose goes, aw, at Kanye West. Are you mad I'm not around to play in your asshole anymore? And then, hashtag, fingers in the booty, ass bitch. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. <laughs> first, What do you want? First. What's there to talk about? What do we got well, to talk first about? Well, first things first. First things first. When they were together, what they do in the privacy of their own bedroom mm-hmm. between two consenting adults do you? Kanye likes a little butt play. Give the man some butt play. The man made flashing lights. One of the greatest songs of all time. All right, it's fine. The man earned it. The man, you know, and and you were a good enough partner to be like, I know what you like. Let me do what you like, right? 
But now you're not together. So you're going to bring that shit out? That's fighting dirty. But you knew that she had to bring out the big guns. Because Wiz was getting beat. Yeah. She went nuclear. She got a lot of, she's got a lot of dirt. She went nuclear yeah. real fast. And that's the thing with fights between anybody. Do you really want to go nuclear? Because... And I'm gonna I'm gonna transition now to a story that I read online. It's one of those like growing up. I'm gonna teach you a lesson type of stories. Mm-hmm. What are those things called? Um, what are they called? Like the mother goose type of, type things. Uh, I know what those are special because you use animals to teach lessons. Fables, yeah. right? Fables are where you use like animals to teach lessons. This is something similar. There's like a dad. All right, story goes. There's a dad and a son. And the son gets angry all the time and says a lot of dumb shit. So the dad goes to the son and goes, listen, I'm going to give you all these nails. And anytime you feel like you're about to say something angry or mean to somebody, take this nail and and uh, bang that uh, – use a hammer or whatever or uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just bang that shit into a wooden post, right? Yeah. Anytime you get angry, take a nail, hit into the post. So the kid goes, fine feels angry, starts hitting in all these nails. He's realizing he's saying less stuff out loud, right? Like yeah. he's getting he's saying less disrespectful stuff out loud, he's getting mad less. And then he goes, Oh man, dad, you've really helped me. I really appreciate this. Dad takes it one step further. Dad goes, if you ever feel like you're about to say something and then you don't take a nail out. Right? So this kid's nailed all these things into the lamppost. He's feel like, okay, I'm a wooden post. He goes, now I'm learning, right? I'm saying it less. I'm able to, in the words of Bill Burr, do some man shit, push it down, <laughs> pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And then the kid goes, okay, I'm learning how to sort of deal with my feelings. So then the dad goes, all right, great. Anytime you feel like you're about to say something and then you don't and then you calm down, take a nail out. So the kid goes, all right, I'll do you. So... He starts taking these nails out one by one when he realizes that, you know what, probably don't need to lose my temper here, probably don't need to call you that, probably don't need to call this person the F word. And then he starts taking it out, and then one by one, he goes, oh my god, I've taken all the nails out, I'm a new man, right? Like, right. I'm angry less. I know right. how to work with my feelings less. And the dad goes, that's what happens when you get angry. What you'll see about this wooden post is there's still all these holes, right? Because you nailed it when you wanted to say something bad, and then when you took it out, you realized that, sure, the nail's gone, but the hole is still there. So you're still hurting people, right? The whole idea about the story is just because somebody forgives you doesn't mean they're totally healed. Right. Because no one can ever be totally healed after you say something. Like if I called you something that really hurt you, and then you were a big enough person after I apologize and beg for your forgiveness to forgive me, we might be able to move on, but it'll never be the same. Right. Because there's that moment where you called me that and you meant it because you said it. Right? People are like, well, I didn't mean it. It's like, well, then why'd you say it? Because if you didn't mean it, you wouldn't have said it. Right? People can blame sarcasm. People can blame, oh, it was the heat of the moment. It's like, no, you lost control and you said what you meant and how you really felt. And how am I supposed to come back from that? I can forgive you if we're close enough and this relationship is big enough for the both of us that we can move on. But I'm never going to forget that. 
and it's one of those things where with this Amber Rose thing, you 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 say this, and now it's in Twitter, right? It doesn't <laughs> matter if you say it and then you delete it a second later. You've got millions of followers. Someone's gonna screenshot that, right? Screenshot, just put it up. I think you, Kanye deleted most of his tweets that he directed yeah. at Wiz, right? After it doesn't that. matter. It's all but, on. Yeah, it's all. I, I read the whole chain. Right. Clear as day. It's you just, like. I mean, I might have gone. Maybe I went too deep. Maybe I went too deep. No, I like I like that a lot actually. And I think it's a great. I mean, it's it even if it doesn't relate very well. I think it's very. I think it's a really. Um, yeah, I'm just it's saying a good story. like. Like Amber Rose went too hard. Yeah, she used two fingers instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> Had to bring it back. Had to bring it back. I went too deep, but uh, that's what I'm. Yeah, like that. That's a big beef. And the funny thing, I think the biggest winner between the Kanye West, Amber Rose, Wiz Khalifa Twitter beef is Meek Mill. Why? Because Meek Mill can finally Mill? come out and say, "Oh, it's not about me anymore," because Drake <laughs> moved on. Dude, after the after the, uh, the the Neil deGrasse Tyson and and uh, Bob battle, people brought back Meek Mill. People were sitting there <laughs> talking about how how the the rap that it was like Meek Mill. It took Meek Mill like what two weeks to come back at Drake. Came yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson's nephew, a like day. twelve hours yeah. to come back with a diss track. Yeah, like and, and his was probably better than a Meek Mill song, uh, track. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm utterly amazed that it took Meek Mill that long when it is your job as an entertainer to take advantage of this situation. Cause that's material. You're telling me that Drake, like you said something to Drake. Drake came back at you. Drake's at the top of his game. You have no better target. You, you gotta go against a king. Right? Yeah. In the immortal words. Of- I feel like. Go ahead. I feel like. Uh, Meek Mill didn't expect Drake to come back the way he did. I feel like Meek Mill probably thought that Drake was just going to take it and just not do anything. And that's, I mean, you, we read there there was an there was an interview with Drake. I can't remember the magazine that it was that was with. Uh, maybe you'll remember, but he was talking about like his his process when he was come when he you know his his views from the sixth album. Then he did you know he did his album with um, with Future. But I think he talked about how I think he did bring up a little bit about the the Meek Mill beef. How most of the time when people say stuff to him, he just ignores it. He just doesn't bother because it's not worth his time. And I think Meek Mill may have expected that of him. And when Drake came back, I think Meek Mill was really caught off guard, and he just couldn't back down. Like he couldn't just sit there and say, "Oh my bad, you know, I messed up." But I think I, I don't know. Maybe he thought the thing was kind of kind of going to just blow over, and then Drake was you know he did his the uh, what was it charged up. Yeah, maybe which was pretty can... good. Charged yeah. Up was pretty good. What was the second one? It was Back to Back. Oh, Back to Back. Back to Back, back because, was... Because, back because to Back, he knocked Mill... it out of the park. Grand yeah, Slam. Because Meek Mill didn't come out with the, with the track in response to Charged Up, so that's why he did Back to Back. Right. That's and... like you getting punched in the ring and just waiting for the second one to connect. Yeah. I think Meek Mill probably wasn't planning on doing anything after Charged Up or maybe just do some like low-key disses at his concerts on the, uh, the Pink Print Tour, whatever the tour was. And... um and when he did back to back, I think Meek Mill then had to do something. Like he, Drake came at him so hard, but I don't think I think he was probably reluctant and and apprehensive to do it in the first place. He just didn't seem like he really wanted to do it. Should have he should have just taken a nail. Exactly. Banged it into that wooden post. You know what my uh, my old barber said about Meek Mill? What? You know why Meek Mill didn't come out with a diss track? 
because Meek's in love. Meek's in love with Nicki Minaj, right? Meek's getting all the love from arguably one of the hottest girls in the game right now. And by that, I mean the biggest in the game. I don't mean attraction, although most people might find her attractive. I think she's a clown. Um, <laughs> I don't know how Meek Mill come at this podcast right now. <laughs> I'm one half of this podcast, Sandy. If Meek, if Meek Mill's going to write a diss track to our podcast, we made it. I guess so. I guess you're right. And if no, Meek decided, no you know what? Press. If Meek comes out with a charged up against us, I'm taking the day off of work. <laughs> and we're going to make a track. You best believe that. All right? I'm busy, man. You, you, busy. you do you, boo-boo. You busy. Do if, you, boo-boo. If, okay. At this moment, you just said you left me out on my own. Let, right? I'll let, I'll That's let a you hole in the wooden right. post. Hey, you, you called out Meek Mill. I didn't call out Meek Mill. All right? Listen. Listen. If – hey, we in this together. Okay. <laughs> If Meek Mill comes and writes a diss track and you leave me and then I write a diss track and it goes and it goes triple platinum. Wait, time out. Can individual tracks go platinum and stuff like that? Probably not, right? They probably don't track that. I don't remember. Like You're not with, selling this uh, track anyway. You don't, you don't got a record label. You're no, not, no, hold on. Hold on. I can do this. I can do this. No one's going to buy this track, Sandy. First of all, wait. When when Drake came out with uh, what was the album before? If you're reading this, it's not too late. The one with the blue cover and the like, either him or the baby version of him. It was uh, the one with Tuscan leather started from the bottom. Um, I I mean I easily could have looked it up in this time and I didn't, but uh, all right, I'm gonna look it up. It's um, nothing was the same. Nothing was the same. So you know how started from the bottom was such a big hit. For a while, yeah, and people probably bought that track individually. Do they track like they obviously track album sales and probably album streams and all that? But do they also track individual track sales? They probably yeah. they have to, right? Because that man's getting paid from that as well. Yeah, I I mean I I'm I'm sure they do. I don't know though. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking at Drake saying yeah. Um, so like best I ever had was uh, three times platinum. Um, Wait, Hotline but, Bling's five times platinum right now. Oh, okay. So they do track it like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably because they track the, the streams. Yeah, and, they probably and, track and their iTunes well. sales and stuff like that. I think I read somewhere that 10,000 streams is $10. I think that's what was one of the metrics that I heard. Like 10,000 streams of either the album or the thing accounts to about $10 in sales. Like on Spotify, right? Yeah. Yeah, Spotify is notoriously low, which is why, you know, Jay Z and them did title. Right. I wonder how many, like, how much of a of a, a song you have to listen to for it to count as a stream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you and I just listen to three seconds, that can't count, right? Right. Maybe they um, count the whole thing. I wonder if they do it the same as Google Music. I use Google Music sometimes. I, like, I have all my all my physical music that I purchased over, you know, my childhood and 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 whatever. Um. I think you only play it for like five seconds and it counts as a play, but that's different because that's music that I own. I wonder if Spotify does it the same though. If it's like 15 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, all I'm trying to say is Meek Mill fires a shot at us. I come up with something. I somehow make it big and you leave me. I'm going to never forget that. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. That's what it's coming back to. Yeah. Co- totally forgot that. about that. Oh, what I wanted to say before was in the immortal words of Omar from The Wire, if you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> and sometimes you miss, and Meek Mill missed. 
Meek Mill didn't even fire a shot. Maybe Meek Mill no, was Meek- a bigger person and not fired a shot. I mean, Meek Mill definitely fired. I mean, he he started. He started it, right? it though. He started. He started it. Yeah, you're right. He definitely fired a shot. And and Drake Drake had like the reason why Drake had to come back is because this is somebody that that really could have tarnished Drake's reputation as a rapper. No, you're right. He you're came at him right. and basically accused him of having ghost riders and. And in 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 the uh, the the rap world, the hip hop world, that's that's just a big no no. You cannot do that. Everybody knows. Everyone's aware that there are ghostwriters that help write songs that are part of the writing process. You have people like Diddy who make full albums, and he doesn't write a single word of it. Um, so like it's accepted in some capacity, but Drake Drake is known for being original. This is his style. This is his thing. And all of a sudden, it turns out, uh, you know, Meek Mill, Meek Mill, somebody who's close to Drake, who should know, is accusing Drake of having a ghostwriter. Then Drake, you know, Drake couldn't just take that one standing. He had to do something. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Drake needed to do it to protect his 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 own. In yeah. A sense. His image. He's so big right now. And um, I think I think he he was already a superstar. He's out of this world now. Like Drake is the biggest rapper in the game, and I think he still is. And it's up to Kanye. And like Kanye West is coming out with this new album. Things are bubbling. The anticipation's building because yeah. we've heard a lot of songs. But then we looked at the track list for Waves, previously known as Swish, uh, and a lot of it's not there. Yeah, it's like what ten, right? Ten songs, but like Wolves isn't on there. I don't think. Uh, the the song where he sings uh from where he's just singing the entire time, uh what was that song called uh where he's singing about his daughter from like the perspective of his mom, I don't think uh, that song's on there. Yeah. Um, four or five seconds, thank God, is not on there. That's a sh- oh god. Um, and then what was that other song? Uh, where it's like him and everyone that's just like. I know which one. I don't. I don't remember the name of the songs. Yeah, clearly I'm a big Kanye West fan. I just literally didn't know any of the four songs that I wanted to talk about. Meh. But you, you know the four songs. There you yeah. go. Um, I don't think any of those are on the track list. I see. But no more parties in L.A. got released recently with Kendrick Lamar, and that's a big hit. And what it sounds like is he's moving away from Yeezus, which is mostly an experimental album. Let's just be honest. That's what it was, right? It was so sonically different from all of the other quote-unquote experiments that he had done, that it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's coming back. Kanye's coming home. Yeah, Jesus was almost his frustration with like corporate, with exactly. corporations. Well, he was his, going, his, I'm right. Yeah. It, but what's yeah. interesting about that is he was feeling bad through via frustration, and that's what we got with Jesus. Yeah. When he was feeling bad due to just abject brokenheartedness, we got 808 and Heartbreak. And that was like, those two albums are completely different. You don't even think they're the same artist. Yeah. You're right about that. You know. So, all in all, an interesting week. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about the Kanye, Wiz, and Amber Rose thing. Um, I'll, I'll, so, before we close, I just want to ask you one question. Do, who do you think does it better? Like, do, so, Kanye West is a. Despite his lack of interviews and all, he, he's v- very vocal. He he very much so gets his voice and opinions out there, and they 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 get caught and picked up very quickly. 
Whereas I don't really hear much of Drake. Like Drake just seems like a low key person. He does his, he does an album. It comes out, it does well. And you don't really hear much from Drake. Like does Drake even have a Twitter? I know he has an Instagram, but does he have a Twitter? Drake has a Twitter. They all got Twitters. He's just working hard because that's what he's been talking about the entire time, right? Like in one of the last songs he did, he said, oh, oh all of y'all are dancing in the club. They, they ain't even playing your music. They playing the music that I'm making right now in the in the lab while everyone's out you know he's working so hard to establish and to maintain because this is this is it views from the six his newest album will define what kind of rapper drake can be we've already known only the successful drake but now that he has everything he's finally at the top of the game what kind of music is this man gonna make yeah it's like jay-z Right? That the right. same path with Jay Z. Jay Z made a ton of great albums on the way up. But then when he reached the top, what what are your views on his music? Have you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's been up and down. Like Blueprint three, not the best album. Blue what the original Blueprint was it's one of the OGs. Yeah, Blueprint, Blueprint two. Got like hard knock life on that one. Yeah, black. Reasonable the, the, doubt uh, is his first. Is, I love. I mean, love reasonable doubt. Reasonable doubt is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm on that subreddit, uh, hip hop heads, and they always like one of the days of the week. They always talk about like essential listening, mm-hmm. and they talk about like you know these are the most essential hip hop albums that you have to listen to, and I, I try and catch them because you know I, I try and learn about because I only got into rap 2008. Like I'm, I'm late, so I'm catching up. Like this week, what I told you? Hey, you ever ever listened to Nas's "It Was Written"? And you're like, motherfucker, that <laughs> oh, the a whole genre of rap is based around Nas's work, especially "It Was Written." And I was like, oh yeah, you see, I knew that, but uh, I need to, uh, I need to get on it. And I listened to it, and it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And it's so '90s. Oh yeah, it is. It's it's amazing. I loved it. I loved every second of that album. I think it was his second album. I don't think I, I was. I was thinking it was his third, but I'm pretty sure it's his second album. I think his third was, um, I am, but I could okay. be. I could be flipping that. But yeah, I I love that. Uh, that the um. The first time I listened, I, I heard about Nas's It Was Written album was in Lupe Fiasco's song. He says he had Nas's It Was Written mixed in with my realities. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, like, it's important enough for you to put artist and album into the, uh, into the verse. That's got to mean something. Right. So, yeah. I went back and it's crazy. It's, yeah. uh, it's great a album. really good album. It's a great yeah. album. Yeah. Second album, I was right. I am was his third, and uh, the song "I Gave You Power," which yeah. I, which I was telling, you, it was produced by DJ Premier. Oh shit! Yeah, the only song on the CD that was produced by DJ Premier. I didn't know he produced that. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um. So yeah, views from the six drops in April. Drake's views from the six drops in April, and that's going to be a big album. It's going to be a good year for hip hop. It always is. It really always is. Hopefully. I find myself slipping more and more. I don't listen to as much hip hop. Um, certainly. What have not. you been listening to? I, I've, so nowadays, um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place. It depends, like, week by week. Like, 
right now I'm listening to more like funk stuff. It's like from the, from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Nice. Um, I have like a classic rock binge every now and then, but right now I just kind of, I, I started listening to, um, uh, a Michael Jackson, um, playlist on Google play. Literally have it up right now. Okay. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't find myself losing. I mean, maybe it's because I'm, well, there's nothing new right now. Well, yeah, when I work, I'm listening, I'm not listening to as many uh, songs with like, you know, hard lyrics where you need to listen to the songs like that. And when I'm driving, I'm listening to more podcasts because I just subscribe to so many now and it's hard for me to keep up. So I, I don't really have too much opportunity to like sit there and listen to the lyrics, you know? No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's good. It's, I'm also on the podcast game as well. But when I, I found that when I listen to music at work, I have to listen to music without lyrics. So it's a lot more classical music, right. ambient, like, uh, not, uh, not that house music, but like, not deep trance. It's like, like music that has like a beat, like an electronic beat, but it's like super down tempo, stuff like that. I'm a big fan of some, classical music pieces uh and artists not so much like the just the mozarts and the box and the beethovens but like more modern composers like there is this italian composer that i'm really into right now uh anything by philip glass uh okay. is really good philip glass uh, you could hear his stuff all over um what's it called that inception what was that movie you just watched? Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah. Like cascading arpeggios um, that really build. That's like his style. Yeah. He was also in the movie uh, The Watchmen, like his music. Like when you hear that, know. like electronic scales that like, get like, repeated, you know? Yeah. The, the build, that drama, that's a lot of Philip Glass stuff. Um, but then when I take a break at work, I'll listen to some stuff with lyrics so I can like enjoy the song and take a minute. Mm-hmm. Um but when I'm like actually doing thinking, designing, I have to be doing classical music because I've just realized that if I listen to podcasts or words with or uh, songs with words, I'm using the same part of my brain that I need to think, and then that right. can be a really big disturbance. So I try and use the other right side of my brain, which is just music, no lyrics, and then that can hopefully uh, I can I can do some other work. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. All right. Um. So I didn't know that Drake had a single that just came out yesterday. Yeah, called it Summer did. Sixteen. Yeah, gotta listen to that. Yep. Um, we're a bit long this week though, so I think we should cut it off here. All right, cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go prep just in case Meek calls us out. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me know how it goes. All right, we'll do. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thank, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.